welcome to the Delhi Capitals podcast where we go behind the scenes with your favorite stars as they share stories and memories from their life and career so you can get to know them better hope you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to click the bell icon on Spotify to receive all the latest updates happy listening welcome lungi to the delhi capitals podcast and there there's so much about you that we want people to see and know and the objective today is to just have a nice chat with you and let's see how things go all right yeah thank you for having me um i guess it's always exciting to find out stuff about people so i'll try to share as much as i can with you amazing and sure. and your red hoodie looks pretty cool on the background over here yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was my favorite color anyway, so happy colors, happy mood. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh there there's so much I want to talk to you about, you know, uh about uh your upbringing, mm. about you, your personality, but maybe we start with Delhi Capitals because it's the most recent thing and from what I have gathered looking at you and talking to you over the last few weeks or a couple of months. Mm. there's one interesting thing about you uh usually you wear your hoodies sometimes on top of your head yeah. and <laughs> walk around like you're some sort of hacker yeah and you mostly hang out with everyone in the team so there's not a particular guy you get along with you get along with absolutely everyone you've been enjoying your time here yeah you know first of all um i think the change of scenery for me was something that I I I might have needed um you know I'd been with CSK for a couple of years and you know I think I was kind of used to how things were going there um but I didn't really know where my cricket was going as well but you know coming to the Delhi Capitals meeting new people new faces new coaches it was ex- it was exciting for me obviously a little bit nervous at first um you don't really know anyone uh you don't know how it's going to go how you're going to fit in but as soon as I got here everyone was welcoming and friendly and yeah you know i just tried to fit in as much as i could try to make new friends and that actually happened very quickly it, it was very easy to get along with everyone and yeah i've enjoyed my time here um it's been a different environment a lot of younger guys um so we get along pretty well like and yeah we spend a lot of time together so last few years uh, one of your very good buddies i don't know if you like to call him your good buddy on air yeah kg was an integral part of this team we have had great moments with him he talks about you mm-hmm. he is fond of you but he doesn't accept that so <laughs> how's that relationship been now we got a very good relationship uh we get along very well um we chat to each other quite often you know we check up on each other uh we hate to admit it in public but we know we we close friends uh you know we even stay close to each other in south africa um yeah in our last series you know we both stayed at home and we would ride together um to the games so yeah he's like a brother to me to be honest uh we've played cricket together as well for since we were uh in school against each other so it's been you know a long journey but you know we're still really young so hopefully it c- continues for many years and yeah i guess uh, I'm fortunate to be able to be friends with someone you know like him um completely different character to who I am 
but I learned a lot from him. Uh, I hope I've, I've taught him some things as well. But uh, all in all, yeah, I think we get along very well. In, in what way would you call you and KG different? Because there's, there's a lot of similarities which I see. One of those is both of you are young and wise. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, he's, he's, got, he's very creative. That's one thing I know. His, his brain, is, he's always thinking, you know, musical as well. Um, and I guess it, it also shines when, he, when he's playing cricket as well. You know, he, he thinks on the spot and, and he can create scenarios and, 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 pro and solve problems on the go where I'm usually more of a planner. Uh, you know, I, I have to have everything in order. And, you know, sometimes you'll say something like, just, just relax, you know, just go with the flow. And in my head, I'm thinking, what the hell is going with the flow? Because <laughs> I'm always meticulous about my stuff. So, you know, he's, he's helped me to become a bit more of a relaxed person. And yeah, I'm really enjoying that side of me now not taking things too seriously all the time. Yeah, and uh, I also remember some discussions we usually have at the breakfast with another of your friend, Onrik. Mm. Again, what, what sort of this love-hate relationship <laughs> I see with you guys, man? What's happening? So, yeah, me and Anrik, I think ever since he's, he's obviously come into the team, um, as a fast bowler unit, we always spend a lot of time with each other. You know, we like to build that relationship. I think we feed off each other's energy and yeah, I guess that's just his personality. Um, we sometimes clash in certain things, but it's all out of love, man. So, yeah, yeah we've got this love-hate relationship. Um, we'll never give each other a compliment, uh, but, <laughs> you know, we'll, if, I, if he does give me a compliment, it's in a negative way, but I know what he means, sort of thing. So, we also hate to kind of admit that we're friends, uh, but, yeah, no, we, we are very good friends and we get along very well as well. And yeah, that, that we all can see. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so much fun to be around you guys when you're having your banters. I yeah. think it's, it's, it's a never ending banter between you guys, right? I think that's a good thing though. You know, we always try to keep the mood light um, wherever we are. And yeah, that constant banter, I think, is something you can always expect if you come across us. Um, you know, it's just kind of our thing. You know, we, we always do it and, and a lot of people catch on to it and I guess that also draws people towards you because they always want to hear what you guys are going on about. Um, so yeah, uh, we've also somehow drawn Wayne into this circle now yeah. and he's also got banter every day. So <laughs> yeah, as many people as, as you can get, I guess it's just really enjoyable. Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, when Andre got to know that you are going to be on this podcast, you remember what he said, ask him about his Instagram stories. <laughs> What's cooking there, man? We all want to know. And, and for our listeners and viewers yeah. who don't know, so go check out Lungi, go check out his stories on Instagram. There's something happening over there. What is it? So I think my Instagram kind of shows my character. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit all over the place, um, but I try to show as many funny things as possible. You know, it's all the things I find funny. Um, and as much as Henrik says he hates my stories, he's always watching them. So that says something about it. But yeah, my, my Instagram stories, um, I try and make people laugh, to be honest. I guess it's the stuff I find funny, it's my sense of humor, and it clicks with a lot of people. You know, even Cool Deep the other day comes running to me and he asks me, so what was going on with that story you posted the other day? So I explain it to him and then we end up laughing together, you see. So I enjoy seeing moments like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much my Instagram story. If you come onto my story, there's never anything serious unless, you know, I feel it needs to be said. Um, but other than that, I'm always just 
messing around, joking around. So more yeah. of a reflection of your character. Yeah, I try. Yeah, try show people what type of person I am. So what what else has been happening with you? You have been enjoying how the conversations have gone with Wado, with uh, Ajit, mm. Ricky. You're enjoying the time here. Yeah, I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, obviously, not being able to get game time is a bit frustrating, but I guess that's also part of the the game. Uh, you know, we're all fighting for four spots, and we're number four on the log, so we must be doing something right. Uh, so you know, that's understandable. But I've learned, you know, I've been with Watto since 2018 um, at CSK, so got a very good relationship with him. You know, it's easy to chat to him, uh, get along with him. Um, the rest of the coaches as well, you know, I've come in to a different kind of setup. You know, it's a lot more intense. There's a lot more energy. You know, the coach is a, a very hyper intense kind of character as well. And I feed off of that. That's something I really enjoy playing under. And I think it's, it's reflected a lot, you know, in my training. Um, it's been more precise, more intense, you know, trying to put the guys that are playing under pressure to make sure that they're best prepared for what they're going to get in the game. Um, I think the way he's made us all feel welcome, you know, even if you're not playing, you're still part of the team. Um, you can contribute to that team winning um, and, and that's all I've tried to do, to be honest. Uh, just raise those standards at training and even with the net bowler guys, you know, giving information to them uh, to try put the batsmen under pressure. It's been something that I've I've been trying to do. So, yeah, really enjoyed my time here. Enjoyed working with the coaches as well, um, and hopefully this relationship continues as well. You know, I've, I've really feel like I got a lot to offer. So, I just try to give where I can. Fingers crossed. Yeah, like it's KG part says, of life. Go yeah. with the flow. Yeah, go with the flow. Amazing. So that's one beautiful thing about I feel right. Uh, people from different cultures, different countries come together, mm. share knowledge, maybe in a couple of weeks time you'll be going against some of these guys right yeah and and that would be great you know to be to be now playing with them um in delhi and then maybe we meet on the international stage you know that just shows how cricketers grow over the years um you know we speak about building relationships you know i've been sharing meals with the guys um in the different rooms uh, you know you get invites and it makes you feel welcome you know it makes you feel like you're part of the family and I guess that's why I always enjoy coming to India as well, you know, the hospitality here is it's amazing and you always feel welcome as a cricketer and even as a person, just in general, off the field, you know, something that small goes a really long way. Absolutely. And yeah. for me personally, the most beautiful thing about the sport is the relationships you build. Yeah. I mean, they're not just for the duration of the IPL, they will last much longer than that. Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, you know, I'm still even friends with some of the guys from Chennai now. They check up on me, I check up on them. Um, but yeah, being here now, uh, building more friendships and relationships, I can only do you well in life, to be honest. The other day I saw uh, when Jagdishan was playing, I saw mm. your story, cheering him up, being happy for him. Yeah. It's so good to see. Yeah, man, I mean, he's worked hard, eh? And that's that's the one thing I can tell anyone who, who doesn't know. You know, when we were training at CSK, we would, we would always have a battle in the nets, you know, you, I would give him advice, he would give me advice on, you know, how to get through different situations. So to see him go out and actually get some runs once he gets the opportunity, was, it was a long time coming and I was really happy to see it. Yeah. 
and how was your experience with the legend, the great one, MS Tony? Yeah, it was good. You know, I don't think there's any cricketer that can come back with a, a negative comment from spending time around that man. Uh, you learn a lot in a short space of time. Um, you grow and you mature very quickly, which, you know, can only be great for your cricket. You know, there was a lot of lessons I learned there as well. Um, you know, not all games were great. So even with those bad games, the advice that he gives you afterwards, um, you know, a lot of people will have opinions on who you are and how, you know, you play cricket. And that, well, honestly, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is when you're on the field, you do the best that you can. And, and that's where it ends. Once it's off the field, I mean, once you're off the field, step away from cricket. You leave it on the field. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much, you know, the one lesson that I took away from him. Um, yeah, since, you know, IPL is a big tournament and there's a lot of big fan bases as well. Um, so obviously a lot of opinions out there, but yeah, he told me if you, you know, if you want to continue to keep playing, um, don't let outside noise affect you um, and affect what you do. And I guess that's really helped me, you know, even when I go back home, I try to share that knowledge with other guys in the team and it's really helped me come a long way. Yeah, on the positive aspect of it, the outside noise has been quite positive. Mm. I still see a lot of Chennai fans rooting for you, showing yeah. the love for you, even when you're playing for some other franchise or at the international level, right? So the fans don't leave you. Yeah, man, I guess, you know, that's, that's also a beautiful thing to witness. Um, you know, as a sportsman, to impact people's lives, I think that's, that's one of the things we really pride ourselves on. So to be able to touch um, so many different people and to bring happiness and joy to them, you know, that makes me happy. And to be honest, I love the support. Um, and I guess that's why, you know, I feel comfortable showing people who my character is. If I, if, if I didn't feel that love and support, I probably wouldn't. So, you know, I guess that goes a long way in saying um, thank you to, to everyone who's, who's showed that love and support. Amazing. And, and let's talk about the character. Let's go back a bit. Let's go back to your childhood, you know, mm. humble beginnings. What's with the scholarships? I think you've got scholarships in school, early college days. Yeah. What was happening? So, yeah, you know, like, like many people probably have a story very similar, um, but mine changes in a few ways. Also come from very humble beginnings. You know, my parents were both cleaners, if I can say, um, domestic workers, and, you know, we, we didn't really have a lot in life, to be honest. Uh, yeah, me and my brothers, um, we used to actually sell peanuts um, on the street to try and make extra money. Uh, my mom would prepare them in the house and we would go sell them on the weekends and we'd make extra money, you know, for, for the family. So that's one of the memories that I have as a youngster. And then, you know, from there, I saw one day um, on a field where we stay, we, say, we stayed on a school premises, so on the field, on Saturdays, they would come play dads and lads crickets, you know, the dad and the, and the kid, they come and they play and then they leave. And I'd always sit and watch on the bank. Um, and then one day they invited me uh, to come play. And obviously I didn't know how to play, so they taught me. And then every weekend I would go down and play with them. My dad didn't know how to play cricket, so he would just come watch. But, you know, just having him there, I guess, made me feel great. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much where my cricket started. I think I was about six or seven then. 
uh, yeah, and I guess that's where I got the love for cricket. All of a sudden, I was watching cricket on TV um, uh, regularly, um, wherever I could get a chance. And no one was allowed to change the channel if cricket was playing, because uh, then I'd throw a fit. But um, yeah, from there I went into primary school and you know, my love for the game never stopped. I, I always had a ball in my hand and I was always practicing my bowling action or something like that. And that's where the first bursary or scholarship came. Um, an anonymous donor, to this day I don't know who it is. I've, I've looked for the person but they obviously don't want to say because they did it out the goodness of their heart. But they paid for my school fees and I was able to go to a school that actually had cricket as a, a sport. So I started then. Um, and the funny thing is, uh, the reason why I'm actually a bowler is because I could never afford batting kit. So it was easy to bowl because all you needed was shoes. Uh, so yeah, I became a bowler because I couldn't afford batting stuff. So that's all I did. I just bowled and bowled and bowled. And you know, as time went on, I got better and better at the sport. Um, started attending provincial trials. And one day in grade four, um, some scout from around the area came to my parents and he, he told them that they'd like to offer me a scholarship to go to a private school um, for all boys boarding school and obviously never had this opportunity in life before so my parents didn't even ask me uh, they just came to fetch me and they told me this is the school you're going to now I said oh, okay yeah and when I got there you know that's where I really experienced proper cricket facilities you know where there's nets, there's coaches, there's balls, there's bats, there's kit, everything was there. And, you know, that was heaven for me, you know, for someone who only bowled and, you know, never really batted or anything like that. So, yeah, that was the first scholarship I got. I think that was grade four. And then I carried on there. I played all the provincial teams. Um, and that's where I, I was introduced to all different sports as well. So swimming, water polo, tennis, rugby, soccer, even badminton. Uh, yeah, I played everything. I, I tr yeah, I just loved playing sport. So any chance I got, um, I would be outside doing something. And obviously with those scholarships, you have to perform in the classroom as well. You, you know, they don't just let you play sport because I feel like that, that can actually set you on a path that's also very destructive. So my parents were very strict about me doing well in school. I, was, I wasn't an A student, but you know, B's and C's, that's it's good enough for me. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's where I really started focusing on, on rugby and cricket. Um, those were my two sports and you know, I, I did all the provincial stuff for that as well. Um, and then at the end of grade seven, uh, it was time to go to high school and another scholarship approach came. So. <laughs> I think that was the third one now. And that took you to Hilton? Yeah, that took me to, to Hilton. Um, and when I got there, you know, same situation, you know, everything is available. The fields, the, the coaching stuff, it was just unbelievable. But I was playing both of the sports and, and I guess that was clashing a bit because I guess the school really wanted me to excel at one sport and there was one coach that I had, uh, his name is Shane Gaffney. He's actually in New Zealand now. But in grade nine, he came to me and he, 
he said he believed that I had the potential to play for South Africa. And I guess that's where my brain really switched on to having that belief that, you know what, I probably have to make a choice here at the end of the day. Um, and then he said, if, if, you know, if you trust in me, um, we can make that happen. And uh, it was obviously a massive step for me because, you know, I was only 15 at the time. And, and to decide then that, you know what, I want to play for South Africa, um, I want to be a pro tier, was a massive decision because I was doing just as well in my rugby. So I was, said, okay, you know what, what have I got to lose, to be honest? Um, if I don't succeed in cricket, then I'll just go back to rugby. Um, and I still think about those days now, but obviously um, this is not going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, grade nine, I really made the conscious decision that I'm going to play cricket. And then that's where all the extra training started on holidays. I wouldn't go home, you know, I'd come back because Hilton, uh, the facilities were always available. I'd come back, train with him, then go home. He would fetch me from home, which is probably about an hour's drive. He would drive, fetch me, would train, drive me back home. So all that time and dedication he put in, you know, I felt like I, I had to make him proud. And then in my grade 11 year, I ended up making SA under 19. Um, which was also a massive step in showing me that, you know, I can achieve this goal. And yeah, I guess from there, um, I got another bursary to university to study at Tux and to continue with the cricketing dream. Um, and yeah, from there then I played the Red Bull campus cricket. Uh, I actually ended up playing against Lalit. Uh, yeah, we played against each other in Derridan, I think it's called, yeah. Yeah, we played against each other there and, you know, who knew that we'd end up playing for Delhi together, you know, that's so, it's, it just shows how far cricket can take you and, yeah, you know, that journey just kept going and I just kept trying to make or to achieve that goal that we had set out in grade nine and here I am today, you know. <laughs> While you were talking, you know, in my head, I, I, was, I was just trying to recall everything you were telling me. Mm. I was trying to imagine the journey of a kid who is just sitting by and watching some other people play yeah. to going on and wearing the jersey of his national team. What, what yeah. happened the day you got that cap? Like, did, did you sit quietly maybe after the game and let it all sink in? Remember where you came from, how the journey has been, the number of people who kind of helped you get mm. to where you are? I think it, it only really sunk in after the game, um, what I'd actually achieved. You know, I think that's when, when you get to your hotel room and you know, it's quiet, there's no crowd chanting anymore, there's no speakers, music, and it's just you in the room. And you just sit back and you think, wow, it actually happened. You know, I think that's when it really, all the emotions, really flooded in then. Like you say, I, would, I wouldn't be here without the people who had helped me in my life. So I, I could never sit here and say, you know, I did this by myself. That would be a lie. Um, so yeah, massive thank you to everyone, you know, who's contributed along the journey, even till today. You know, some people still find different ways to help me, even if it's not, you know, financially or anything like that. Mentally, you know, you still need a lot. Um, to stay prepared and be good at this. Uh, so yeah, I think it was only after the game 
you know, sitting there thinking, you know, I did it, sort of thing, yeah. So, when, when was the first time you spoke to your family after that game? Uh, so, actually, on the bus ride back to the hotel, um, obviously my phone was ringing, messages were going off, um, but I, the first person, you know, that I called was my dad, because uh, he had been there with me throughout the journeys, you know, where we had to travel by taxi or by car, whatever it is, he would be there with me. Um, he would take me. Uh, so, yeah, I guess he was part of the struggles, you know, of waking up early, having to take me to trials, to practice, to games. Um, so, yeah, I think he deserved that first phone call. Um, and yeah, and then after that, obviously, put the phone on loudspeaker and the rest of the family was there and then it was just a whole lot of noise, my mom crying and yeah, so it was a very emotional moment but it was, it was a beautiful moment because I mean it was the start of something very big. Unreal, right? Yeah, it's crazy to think about now actually, I haven't thought about that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> While you're talking, I mean I'm also getting emotional yeah. in my head, I'm just trying to play those visuals, you know, yeah. how no, they would have felt different. because it, it's a tough journey, right, and all of them have gone through difficult times yeah. to enable you to get. So they are also living their dream through you. I guess that's the thing, you know, I, I never want to disappoint them. So, because I know they're on the same level as me, to be honest. Um, I do it for them. So if I fail, I feel like I've let them down. So I try my best not to. <laughs> What's one thing that makes you extremely proud about what you have achieved so far? I think it's the fact that I'm not embarrassed about where I come from. Um, I know what I stand for and, you know, growing up uh, having less than other people never made me feel any less than anyone else. Uh, I guess that was the one thing. My parents always made me feel happy. Um, they always loved me, you know. They provided where they could and, and I guess me being able to, to do what I'm doing today and give them anything they need is probably the one thing that makes me very happy. A few things about your cricket mm. and uh, while we move towards the clo closing of this podcast, we would want to understand some things on the cricketing side of it. Uh, which were the bowlers you idolized growing up? I, I remember hearing Kemar Roach. Still even to this day, yeah. yeah. No, I'm a big fan of that man and I, I was actually fortunate enough to meet him on our tour in the West Indies and I got his jersey. Um, so that's one of the jerseys that I have now from the guys that um, I grew up idolizing. And yeah, Kimo Roach was probably top of the list. Um, then there's James Anderson, Sean Pollock, Makayantini, Dale Stain. Um, Umesh Yadav as well actually was one of my favorite bowlers. Um, still is to this day. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys uh, that I grew up really watching. But if I had to name three, those were my top three. Uh, I guess we, I grew up watching a lot of the West Indian fast bowlers. You know, uh, we watched Fire in Babylon as a as a young young boy. You know, that was one of the first movies you watch as a cricketer, and you see those guys playing, and you just think, I want to be like them and that was the inspiration uh, so yeah i just grew up watching the west indian fast bowlers and kimaraj ended up being one of my favorites they've always been quite intimidating yeah 
very intimidating, big gentlemen as well, but very friendly as well when you get to know them off the field. So that, that's true with a lot right of fast there. bowlers, whether it's you, KG, Andre. We, yeah. we see a different side of you when you're on the field because it's a competitive sport, right? You you play to win, mm. and the adrenaline is like. It's just there. I guess also being able to bowl fast is something intimidating for the opposition. So you use that to your advantage and as best as you can. Um, but like I said, once you're off the field, you leave everything on the field. Uh, be who you are. And pretty chilled people is who we are. So, <laughs> so we chilled. That's amazing. Yeah. Last thing, you, you spoke about your favorite fast bowler from the bowlers who are playing currently. Mm. And there's some sort of confusion happening over there. Which one? So you named Onrik. Yeah. yeah. But now, I, I think you are changing your answer or something like that. So I would never admit this publicly to him, that I like the way he bowls. But, yeah, you know, he, he is a very good fast bowler. You know, from where he started to where he is now, um, he's just grown in leaps and bounds and it was exciting to watch you know we played varsity cup cricket together um, he came also into the franchise system and then he came into the protest and he, he's just gotten better and better over the years and I guess that's something I'm proud to see and obviously as a sportsman you also want to do that um, I hope he's not going to watch this by the way because I'd hate for him to know but <laughs> but yeah um, I'm very proud of him and I, I enjoy watching him ball because he's good, man. I mean, I guess everyone knows it and everyone has seen it. Uh, but I'd never tell him that to his face. So, <laughs> yeah. But that's my answer. <laughs> well, one thing which stands out about Andre, you, KG, or for that matter, a lot of you guys mm. which I interact with is irrespective of what you bring to the sport, you all are good human beings. So does that stand out like you you get along very well with all of them? Right? Yeah, I guess, you know, even before we were cricketers, you know, we were just people, you know, ordinary people. So to be a good human being comes first, you're a cricketer second, if, if you ask me in my opinion. Because one day, you know, we're all going to hang up the boots and you're going to have to go back into society and just be, you know, Anrich Nokia or Lungi Ngiri, the normal guy. And if you haven't been a good person or a good human being, you're not going to go back to many people. And I guess no one really wants that in life. Um, I think you still want that love and support even after you're done playing. You know, we see it now for guys like Ricky Ponting, Shane Watson. Um, that's the way you want it to be. Uh, you, at the end of the day, cricket's going to end and you know, you're going to be a father or a husband and you need to be a good person good human being for those things in life. So, yeah, being a good person comes first. Cricket second. Amazing. Yeah. On that wise note, we would like to thank you and thank everyone who's been patiently listening to us. Thank you, Lungi. No, thank you very much. Thank wow. you for having this me. This feels good. Yeah, man, it's nice to share. Yeah, you know, I can sleep peacefully tonight. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Tune in to the Delhi Capitals podcast every week for more stories from your favorite DC stars.